Okay, everyone, how you doing? Um, so I was just showing Mike and Kevin what I learned this morning. I'm gonna play for you guys real fast. It's kind of fun. So I've been playing around. My daughter wanted to learn how to sing something, so uh, you know, I'll figure this out. Go ahead and get this right. Anybody recognize that? Yeah. Yeah. I, anyway, so I was playing around with that this morning, and um, that would be um, Keen, the band Keen, right? And we were joking around about how they get compared to Genesis. They got compared to Genesis in the beginning, which they're, of course, not. But where they are similar to Genesis is that piano in the back is called a CP70, which is like, um, that's the Peter Gabriel piano that you hear on all the slow Peter Gabriel songs. Right. And um, and, and Genesis, um, what's his name? Um, Tony Banks has one. They used to tour with them. Keen's the only one. Keen's the only band now that tours with them at all. Um, Coldplay sometimes. Mm -hmm. But... Um, the uh, but yeah, that's so keen. That's why that sound is, and that's the greatest piano in the world to write music on. So that's why I have it in my office, and I use it all the time. So, but I was saying, as being the old prog rocker that I am, that it's, yeah, it's a it it's one thing for a band to copy another band's style or an homage or or just be influenced by them. It's another thing to actually have the same the same piece of equipment and when King Crimson hit it big within the court of the Crimson King and then a couple other albums, and they apparently decided to sell some of their equipment, Tony Banks and Genesis bought the Mellotron from yeah. King Crimson. So the same Mellotron that you're hearing on in the court of the Crimson King is probably the same one that you hear on return of the giant hogweed or musical box or suppers, right? It's just, it's unbelievable. That's yeah. the same. I mean, how much is that thing worth? If the Mellotrons, the, I've only seen one in my entire life. And oddly enough, it was in Ann Arbor, Michigan. We have Kevin with us. Like um, a Mellotron is um, a really bizarre instrument, really expensive. Um, crazy big the first like sampled instruments so what it would do is it had for every note you press down on the keys it would have like a um a whole set of tapes and right. you drop the tapes in and each tape so it was like you know now they sample songs you can play like if you want to have a violin sound or whatever on a synthesizer you can just play it and it samples the sound of synthesizer back then mellotrons you'd hit the key and the tape of a violin playing that particular note would play <laughs> so that's literally how they did it so it was a bunch of tapes playing so when you would play it if you held down the note long enough, the tape would start again. It would just be because it was only so long. <laughs> it was, it was, so you could only hold down the note for like, I think it was six seconds on a Mellotron before you'd hear a click, which, um, which you know, part, became part of the Mellotron sound to it. You know, that clicking right. thing is part of the, that's like the cool thing of it because it's, that's those limitations. And then if you wanted to change to a flute sound, the other thing I can think about is Strawberry Fields Forever by yeah. um, the Beatles, the, doo -doo 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 -doo, the beginning part, that's a Mellotron flute. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know that's so those so I've I've never seen a Mellotron live in person ever, um, but I was at the Ark in in Ann Arbor, um, which is a really cool venue to play at, and in the back room of the Ark there was a Mellotron, and I friggin' lost my mind. I'm like, that is how would they have this? It's just like in the in the in the dressing room of this studio. I think there's probably only a couple hundred in the world, and, and I'm, I'm back there. And I'm like, this it was just insane. And ironically, you mentioned the Beatles, and today, from our friend Simon Dingley, who's a, ma a massive Beatles fan, today is the 50th anniversary of the announcement that Paul, Paul was quitting the Beatles, which it's funny because I saw an interview with him on Howard Stern a couple years ago where he said, well, actually, John left the band a lot earlier than that, but I basically, you know, it was me who took the the brunt of the abuse because he was the one who officially said, I'm quitting 
and I'm going to do my own solo album. But it was actually John who left first. Kevin's the only one who would remember anything like that. <laughs> well, I, I do. I mean, it was a really big deal when the yeah. you know broke up. Uh, uh, you know, to to be sure, and you know that was at a time too. And I, I've kind of told this story before, where um, you know probably on this podcast, but. Uh, you know, music uh, back then, you know, we didn't have as many options for entertainment. So like, you know, when you were a young kid, you were into music and you were into sports and, you know, both of them were equal in terms of, uh, um, you know, what you paid attention to. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Weekly, the weekly charts of where songs were ranked and stuff oh, was yeah. a really big deal. Yeah. You know, in the 1960s, you'd go to your local uh, Kruskies, uh apartment <laughs> store to pick up your you know keener 13 hit chart nice. uh you know so it was it was a big deal and so when uh you know when the beatles played ed sullivan like everybody tuned in on a sunday night uh when we were kids like you, you know you talked about it during the day the beatles are going to be on tonight let's uh you know sit down and watch it so when they broke up it was uh a huge huge story and um you know the uh yoko ono's role and all that uh yeah. you know this was pre you know national inquirer tabloid or at Can least you imagine if twitter existed at the time yeah no that's that's for sure yeah, <laughs> yeah. um but e even without that yeah um, you know it was it was fodder for uh you know not only water cooler discussions but you know when you're in grade school you kind of talked about that or high school it was a it was kind of a big deal well, my mom is one of the people, when you watch the Beatles documentaries, my, my mom is one of the people who was at the airport watching them come in, screaming behind the fences. That was my mom, literally. Um, she's living with us right now. We watched, we watched a documentary about the Beatles the other night that she loved. Um, and I, she, she got to see him live. And uh, then I got to take her a couple of years ago to Paul McCartney live, which was fun. But um, yeah, that's uh, she was definitely that that person. But let's uh, let's get into hockey. We got some stuff to get into today. So let's yeah, start. we'll say we'll save Russ's, Russ's pre-show for a post-show or mid. -show. Yeah, we'll do it maybe tomorrow. And we've got we've got Kevin on some. Kevin's been talking to some important people. I want to hear what that's all about. We got some oh, yeah, here LeBron, and we have uh, our predictions. And then I last night went back into the alternate reality. Kevin, you didn't miss the first night of the alternate reality where I went into and saw the first three games played. Um, I'll give you the scores of those later. Um, but to end, but then the five games that were played last night in the alternate reality where there is no coronavirus, I have the results of those too. So we'll talk about those briefly as well. So um, I was up really late. I'll tell you, one of them went to triple overtime. I'm exhausted. So let's move on to um, <laughs> to, to the show. Ready? Here we go. Uh, it is the 10th. Yes. Thank God. May to the 10th. Hello, Hockey World. It is Friday, April 10th, 2020. I'm Michael Agello, and in this reality and an alternate reality, I'm extremely attractive. <laughs> I'm Kevin Hunt, Alan, and I don't even know how to follow that. <laughs> uh, good night, everyone. Enjoy your weekend. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Eklund, and you're watching the Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is a podcast to keep you up on the comings and goings of the hockey world in this and all other realities uh, on Monday through Friday um, at this time to fill you in on the comings and goings. I'm in an endless loop. All right, let's can, let's go right to Kevin, because, Kevin, you have some news. Um about well, uh, you know, it, piggybacking off, you know, Pierre Lebrun had it first uh, okay. for the Athletic about um, the fact that um, he, uh, you know, there's there's a clear hope that we're going to not only have hockey this summer but resume the regular season, mm -hmm. and uh, um, you know, he he got it and uh, it was out there. But I've been talking to people as well, and that's the clear sense I have now. 
I think there's a big difference. There's there's hope. There's not a plan. Right. It's all it's all based on the fact that um, you know there is a desire um, from President Trump and government officials to get the economy rolling. Right. So I think there's a belief that um, you know sports is going to be a part of that, and um, you know NHL is going to try to feed into that, and. You know, what I've been told, and I've been talking to general managers and people that are connected into the hockey world to kind of know what's going on. And what I've been told is, is that, um, you know, there would be a three-week training camp. Originally, they thought it would be four weeks. But there is some hope that if there is a relaxation of the standards from the states, that, you know, they can at least get players to get into the workout even before getting them to training camp. So if we can get a training camp started at some point in, in May – uh, and there'd be three weeks of, and then you'd play the regular season, you know, in July. Um, then, you know, you, again, we'd be right back where we've talked before of August and September playing a four round um, Stanley cup. And the, and the reason why, and, and everyone seems to be accepting the idea that they may have to, and no one knows for sure how this is going to work out, but uh, uh, it depends on where we are in the virus. Uh, world, but um, that they would accept the fact that they may play in empty arenas. Um, but the reason they want to play these regular season games is there is sort of an un, a belief that, you know, we've got to be fair to everybody, that, you know, this is important stuff in terms of, um, you know, rolling back to 68 games or taking a percentage of winning, which we all just kind of throw around. There's a kind of a feeling that, you know, there's just not fairness to that and that you know we need to play out it's all based on an 82 game you know schedule it's one thing to start out and everybody knows you're going to play 48 but when you start out thinking you're going to play 82 and then you at some point truncate and say hey you know we're going to do you know where, wherever we're at now there, there's some unfairness to that so they'd rather just have it you know play that out and then um you know pierre now no one mentioned this to me but pierre has reported and of course, Pierre is a very good reporter. Mm-hmm. That uh, we're talking five a game series in the first three rounds, and then a, a seven game in the Stanley Cup final. So that would that would be um, make sense based on what you know. People were just telling me that there'd be abbreviated series in the first um, three rounds. Now, all of this is, you know, as I said, it, you know, it's it's just hope because, you know. Like as I, I'm, I'm writing a column about this, and it's hard for me to look and look at the, you know, I'm wearing a face mask to get gas, and right. I'm looking and seeing that Philadelphia and D.C. and Baltimore are just starting to be hotspots. So it's hard for me to yeah. balance that with the idea that in May we're going to start a training camp. Now, yeah. you know. Now, I, I, you know, I, I also sort of have been a student of the way that Gary Bettman manages, and it's hard for me to believe that he would be anything but cautious. Right. So, um, you know, if we do uh, get to the point where we're going to do this, I think it'll be because Gary Bettman is satisfied that uh, the risk um, is not great. Um, but, you know, there's, there's so many hurdles that have to – um, you know, be uh, jumped over. And, you know, we got to find out about testing. Will they test all the players beforehand? Uh, what's going to be the protocol if somebody becomes ill? Um, you know, what what do you do then? 
um, you know, there's you're going to have to get an agreement between the Players Association, and this shouldn't be hard, and the NHL regarding July 1st. Um, and then we're going to have to finalize when the free agent signing period is going to be. And even before then, you know, we're going to have to sort of figure out what we're going to do economically. Like one of the GMs mentioned to me that, um, you know, if depending on how many games, like it, it, the loss of even regular season revenue can be 20% yeah. for some of these uh, teams. So, um <clears throat> You're going to have to sort of decide whether or not there's going to be any cooperation in what the salary cap's going to look like for next season. Big point. Well, there, there's there's a lot of issues, and it sure, sure seems clear that every they also know that for um, safety reasons and for really for economic reasons, even if they open it up for people to come, they may not fill the arena. So. Um, I think there's a recognition is this that's this is going to cause a disturbance in the force for two seasons. Well, a couple questions, Kev. Yeah. Uh, one, you're, you're probably right in terms of the willingness of people to to come back to arenas. I think I saw a poll yesterday. They said set it was like sixty to seventy percent of people would not feel comfortable going back to a sporting event unless there was a vaccine. Uh, developed for COVID nineteen, and that's probably twelve months away at the at the at, at the at the very earliest. Right now, one a couple things. Uh, one, Batman has has continued through, and, and it was a little uh, uh, interpretation that he might have been coming off of this, but he's always said that if they come back, that he wanted to play regular season games, and. Uh, or and then this week we heard about the rollback to 68. Is this a symptom of the fact that he doesn't want to play an expanded playoff of 20 or 24 teams? That he wants to have everybody play the same amount of games and then 16 teams like they normally have? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I, I think there's a, a thought being that they want to make this as normal as possible. But I I think this it's it seems to be important to the league to play 82 regular season games because of, of the fairness issue. Right. You know, otherwise it's just not fair. If you don't get, you know, again, like I don't think they'd have any problem if it had been decided beforehand right. that we're going to play 48 or 60 or 53. Right. Or yeah. But, you know, to, to somehow arbitrarily decide, you know, in the middle of a season, how you're going to determine playoff, um, you know, it, it just seems, uh, you know, unfair. And I think they want to try to make sure that they at least have, you know, fairness above all else. Now, LeBron said that they weren't married to 82. It could be 74, it could be 76, 78, as long as it was the same amount for everybody. But the one thing that I've, and we talked about this earlier in the week, about the, the possibility of neutral sites, uh, like North Dakota was brought up, Manchester, yeah. New Hampshire. Chris Johnston brought up Buffalo because they have two ranks and they could they could handle a number of teams at the same time. Um, I'm assuming that they're thinking of that because of places like New York City and Philadelphia and Washington that are hot spots and could be hot spots in June and July, and they need a plan B in case that is the case. I th I, I think there's some truth to that. Yeah. Um, you know, they're trying to just figure out you know, contingencies, uh, you know, based on, I mean, there are some cities, um, you know, I looked it up and, you know, there are places where they haven't had much, uh, you know, action in, in uh, North Carolina, I looked that up and, you know, they haven't had, 
they haven't been overrun like some of the other places. I don't think they're doing much testing there, Kev. They they seem to be late to the to the game too. So, but they don't seem to have you know the yeah hospitals aren't being overrun. So they're not being overrun right now. The, the only thing I question about trying to get to the eighty-two or close to it is, like, there are some teams like why are we bringing them back at all? They had no chance for the playoffs. You're just sort of wasting time because. You know, draft draft order is what draft, I was just for draft order. Draft order, and in a way, the regular season games are preseason games for teams that are going to be in the playoffs. And the you? other and the other rink, I, I, I still I question the Manchester because I've been there and I don't think it's a great rink. Why not Kansas City? That's a rink that they started to use in the ECHL. I know people yeah. out there, and that seemingly is a better rink than Manchester. I know the NHL was close to using it a couple of years ago. Now we're not even hearing about it. Well, I, I, you know, I, I think they're more concerned about, you know, the logistics of being able to get there, hotels, ice conditions. Like, I don't really think yeah. they're worried about, you know, what city it's in. Uh, uh, you know, I, that, that, that's my impression. Okay. Um, that, uh, you know, they're just trying to make sure, like, that's one of the things. Like, it's a very nice rink in North Dakota, but several people have mentioned to me there are no hotels there. Or none There's to- two hotels. So, um, you know, yeah. and, and it, it, it is a beautiful rank. And, and yeah. in, in the in the case of Buffalo, there's a hotel right on top of the Harbor Center. So you basically could house two or three teams in that Marriott right in Buffalo. Well, you would have to have Evander Kane move out, right? He probably still has a room. <laughs> oh, I, think I think he moved out already. <laughs> At least some of the girls at 716 are sure he moved out. But yeah, anyway. there you go. There you go. Um, I, but I, you know, the thing about it is, is, and this is kind of what I'm going to write on my column. I don't know how I feel about all this. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, like, I, I agree with you. Like part of me, part of me feels just like every other fan. I would be excited mm-hmm. to have hockey and sports back. Um, you know, I miss getting up in the morning and checking baseball scores and yeah. doing. You know, that's part of my routine, yeah. and I would love sit to sit on my couch. And that's where I would want to be on my couch and watching hockey. On the other hand, uh, you know, uh, as I said, I'm going to the gas station in a full mask and glove. Right. Um, so how can we be playing, uh, you know, hockey? So I, you know, I, I just think everyone's got to be cautious. I, I believe, you know, knowing Gary Bettman, he will be. Um, yeah. So but- Kev, let me ask you this. My sense is I feel like Bettman's closer to giving up the regular season than to worry about if he's not having the playoffs. There's got to be a drop dead where it's like, all right, you know what? We did lose the regular season, but we can recoup the playoffs here, right? There has to be. Well, I mean, I, I think they'll look at everything, but I, they don't – it's pretty clear uh, through uh, Pierre Lebrun's uh, reporting and from what I was told that they really want to try to figure out a way to have a fair regular season, and they don't think that right now uh, that it is fair because right. nobody knew going in what was going to happen. And, you know, you, you didn't sort of have any knowledge. And so if you do go in and then, you know, everybody knows, hey, look, we're not going to play 82, but we're going to play 78. So now you got, you know, okay, you know, we're, we're going to be able to get uh, eight more games to get in, you know, um, then they think there's some fairness to it. And I, and I understand it. And to be honest, even if they don't have the, you know, there's also a thought too, and we didn't bring this up and it's an important point. You know, if you don't play regular season games, you're actually going to play, have to play exhibition games um, because you got to get up. To, no, that's fair. But yeah, so you might as well play the regular season games. And 
Okay, so then, I mean, even if you just got everybody to, like, 72 games or something like that. Well, there are teams at 72 now. No, but that means, yeah, I know, but maybe maybe 75. I don't know, maybe pick a number that, you know, or if you have a team, say a team's playing each other twice, you know, maybe they play a doubleheader where you play half as long games or something. Just, I mean, there's got to be things you can do. There's a couple of teams, though, that I'm not going to say they're going to want to tank, but after you come back from all this, how, you know, how motivated are some teams going to be to play their best or to try and get Alexis Lafreniere. Like, I think that is going to play a massive part in this because I think more than a few teams would be more, would be up to the tanking based on the fact that they're not going anywhere anyhow. And then that, that'll affect the standings too. I think the worst case scenario or the, the scenario that uh, if they can't play regular season games, they are going to roll back. So everybody is at that at 68. They're going to be at one number for sure. Yeah, they have, they have to be. And then, you know, you can say that it's still unfair for the team that missed the playoffs by a point or two, but you know, at least they're all at the same level of games. And then they can say, okay, well, that's, you know, this is extraordinary circumstances. We had to do it. And, you know, I, I just don't know if, whether there's going to be time to play. And can I throw this out there too? I mean, because Kevin, yeah. do you think that there's something that, you know, I mean, I, I've, I, Gary Bevan doesn't play games usually. Um, but I, don't you think, and I'm not saying. Well, he probably plays Canasta. I'm, I'm getting. I'm, I'm getting. Batman plays Canasta. I'm not saying he's playing games here either, but doesn't okay. he have to do this and say that we need to try to get the regular season in? That because he's got a lot of you've got a lot of owners out there that want to know that he's doing everything he can to do that, even if it's not possible. Well, I mean, I, I know what you're saying that it's the PR thing to do, but I, I do. It seems sincere when I talk to people that yeah, well, we're going to try to get them in. But I, I mean, you said it earlier, and you're right on. Yeah, you know, it, like when uh, Fauci always says it, you know, the virus determines what well, right. you know yeah. well, that the virus is going to determine the NHL season as well. Right. So right. it'll determine whether or not they can squeeze in some uh, regular season games. But you know, I, I do think there is some merit to the idea well you know we got to have training camp anyway and yeah. we have to uh and then we're gonna have to probably play some exhibition games in order to get people up to playoff speed so if we're gonna do that we might as well try you know to get 78 regular season games in you know so you play regular season games without 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 people and then bring people in for the playoffs like I don't know. They that apparently. I don't think they're bringing people in anytime soon. Yeah, no one, no one has uh, seemed to know. Uh, like I yeah. don't think that has been even. I mean, I'm sure it's been discussed, but yeah, uh, there doesn't seem to be any plan for that. And and to be honest, I I just don't think people are willing to get serious about it because they have right. no idea what it's going to look like. Like it feels like we're sort of turning the corner, and they've announced that a, that Sunday will be the apex and so forth. But that doesn't mean. No. Yeah, you could have a second wave. You don't, you don't right. know yet. Right, it's all that. Well, here's the other thing. Why do we hear nothing out of Adam Silver other than, I'll talk to you in May, and we hear all the speculation with the NHL. It's completely different takes right. the NBA in the NHL, which is unusual. No, you want to know? I'll give you the reason why. Because the NBA actually makes a ton of money a lot more than the NHL. They get a lot of money from their from their television contracts. Yeah. And if they if they have to throw away their season, it's not going to be a destruction of, of their league. They can survive it. I think the NHL has to play the games. They have to, you know, get some sort of income because we know it's going to be 30 to 35% escrow next year and that's going to destroy teams. Yeah, you got to if you got to forget about the escrow, Mike. I, I don't even think that's an issue. Okay. Cuz I've talked I've talked to uh, players and they can sort of get that. I, I do believe there's going to be 
a uh, a summit um, where the players association and the, like I don't think the escrow is the issue. I just think it's the actual loss of the right of the money. Um, that's that's what I mean. And yeah. that's what I mean. Uh, yeah, because you know this is this is fifty fifty split. So whatever's lost, the players are going to lose it too. So yeah, you're, you're going to lose one one to one point five billion dollars. That's the rough estimate of if yeah yeah. So they'll you know they'll have to sort of figure it out and something will have to be done and everybody will you know lose accordingly. But I. I, 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 it, but you're right about the television revenue. Like, you know, the television revenue makes all the difference in the world. It seems like, uh, you know, the NHL has done so much better, but, you know, that still pales in comparison to, right. to the other leagues. So it's true. It's true. Um, all right. Well, good stuff. I mean, at least, I mean, we can take some hope out of it. But I mean, and, and like you say, we have no idea. I think it's realistic talk. I do. We have not, I mean, you know, hope is such a hard, you know, I don't, I don't, see, I don't know what it is. There's hope with no plan. Hope is such a hard word for people. Um, I, I, I still have written right here. Because yeah, Peter will tell you hope is not uh, a yeah, plan. Yeah, that's what I have written on my desk here That uh, yeah. from Peter Tesse from long ago when he said hope is not a plan. I have right. written, written on my desk right here. Yeah, so, I, I, I don't know what it is because, you know, me being the president of the uh, the Pessimist Hockey Writers Association, um, I, I'm, I'm still optimistic that they're going to play games. I, I think, I think they're going to as well, but – there are more people than us saying there is no way. That, and then when you do hear some public officials, and again, it's citywide. And I think I think this is what's painting people's opinions. When you get someone that, let's say, in, in Los Angeles that says, nothing's happening here till Thanksgiving. And that may be true, but that's in that city, in that region. It doesn't mean that's the only place on earth where this game can be played. I think that's the part that people have a tough Part. It's pretty fascinating it's that no, California teams are in the playoffs, right? I mean, that that's something right. that when you think about it, this, we haven't had that for a long time. California is a is a tough state, but and it's not like the NHL is going to go to play games on an Indian reservation, like another thing. Uh, yeah. talking about doing right, right, Russ? Yeah, the the UFC that was ridiculous. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, all right, so at least we have some news, like us uh, in the chat room. I, I did something, you know, we'll go with it. I mean, it's all speculation it's all if this then that type stuff but can i can i can i ask kevin because russ was going to bring this up i just want to bring this up because kevin is such a big baseball fan and 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 russ and i are as well we'll we'll leave you out of this act because we know that you don't like baseball but get a drink the 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 proposal that came out today of basically a realignment of of team of the american and national league to sort of uh fit the cactus league teams and the Grapefruit League teams, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy uh, seeing a division of the Yankees, Phillies, Blue Jays, Tigers, and Pirates. That's such the a Yan- horrible division. That's a the Yankees horrible- could win 100, 100 of 100 games. They'll win 130 <laughs> games in that division. <laughs> yeah. No, I actually hadn't heard that. I, You know, I've actually been working on some things uh, today. I'm trying to finish up uh, the last bit of editing on the Mike Emmerich book, and then I've been working on this story about uh, the league. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't heard that. I, that's wild. Um, that is really wild. I, you know, it will be entertaining just because, you know, we get to see teams that we don't see obviously as often. But they might chuck the DH in there too now, Kev. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I, I, I will go ballistic if all of a sudden, besides the electronic umpire, they throw in the, the DH, they throw in this realignment all in the same swoop. I, yeah. I, I'm really just, just think Cespedes will have a place to play. Yeah, if he could, yeah, if he's still healthy then. But the idea is that really bothers me, Ken. That's too much change. You're basically changing now the complete look of the sport, or you're having one season that's a complete anomaly, 
when they go back to the other divisions the next year. Like, why why can't you keep the divisions the same and just redo the schedule? I don't understand. Well, I, 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 it sounds like they're trying to get, you know, you don't want to switch back and forth between right. Arizona and, and uh, Florida. Right. Uh, you know, so, I mean, all those, you know, teams that you mentioned, they're all in the close proximity if they're going to play all the games in, in the spring training homes. I mean, you know, I went to, when I went to spring training, I went to, I saw the Tigers play in Bradenton where the Pirates are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I believe, do the Phillies still play in Clearwater? Clearwater, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah so, I mean, you know, I mean, that's the, obviously why they're doing it. And the Yankees are the Yankees are in Tampa. So yeah, it, 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 at most it's, it's a bus trip of an hour or two. So oh, yeah, yeah. No, I've driven around there a lot in that area. <laughs> well, I mean, they're going to go fanless too, but it's just the amount of change is just the part that I don't think they realize how much that is going to upset baseball fans, even if baseball's back. Even if it's back, we're all going to be bitching about it. That's well, all. Well, but on baseball fans. I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, but you know what? You're, you're going to be complaining no matter what they do. I mean, people yeah. are there. The, look what's happening in the world. I mean, if we're going to sit there and argue right. over. I would be complaining. If you argue over right now. It's time to sit there and fight about the DH, okay? This is like, this is not a time to sit there and. Yeah, it is. I'm going to be not, fighting not about that the DH. Right. This is what's wrong with baseball and baseball fans in general. I'm sorry. Well, I, Dr. I, Dr. Fauci, are you in favor or not of the DA? You're a soccer fan. You, you baseball would still have a freaking two-line pass. You're a soccer, I, you soccer gotta, fan should pipe down. That's what I say. Can I tell you, though, I, I don't, I'm don't. pretty sure I didn't bring this up on this podcast. I've talked about it on other podcasts. You know where <laughs> I, I have a podcast, but go on, yes. My, my uh, uh, solace mm-hmm. um, uh, and, and finding something to that's competition as I found it in the Professional Bowlers Association. <laughs> okay. Now, oh, no. now, hear me out on this. Okay? Right. And this is why it works. So I've discovered on Fox you can watch PBA. Now, when I was a kid, bowling was huge. Oh, it was in North Bay. I watched a little. Yeah, it was on all the time. We all watched. Yeah, it was definitely. Yeah, ABC channel, uh, you Chris know. Chris Schenkel it was a, a highly ranked show. It was way up there. The ratings were strong. My grandmother and I used to watch it when I was a kid. And, you know, the athletes in bowling were big. You know, they they uh, uh, they were on commercial. Oh, they were and so forth. It, was, it was big. So I, I, have this, I, have, I have it in my blood. It's in my DNA. Okay. Now, now I've discovered that on Fox, they have reruns of all the tournaments that's happened um, this season. Well, as all of you know, none of us have any idea <laughs> who won the Oklahoma Open or the World Series of Bowling. Kevin, it was all know. over Twitter. Yeah, we. No one has any idea who won those tournaments. I so, had I had Mark Roth minus ten pins. Well, so I, what I'm saying, Paul Dean in the chat room says we've hit, we've hit the low point officially of the hockey buzz game. We really have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so this well, I, 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 I and I I'm willing to to retire after talking about this. That's fine. That's what we need to do. No, I mean I'm I. If you guys want, to, I can start videotaping the bocce tournaments. That are going on the you're, you're, you but what I'm saying is, head. you can watch them and act as if they're live because you have no idea what. Right. what you can watch sailing the same way, like you're just watching something you don't know the outcome of. That's all. That's exactly right. And but I've I enjoyed it. I have enjoyed bowling. <laughs> it's given me the one thing that mm-hmm. I can actually. I root for now. I'm willing to retire and step down from <laughs> being on this show. You want, you want to have something fun to do? I got, I got my goal. <laughs> We're not letting you off that easy. <laughs> no, you gotta stay. The fun, the one, the, you know, the fun thing you do sometimes watch cricket. 
okay, on on YouTube and try to figure out what the hell is happening. Like that's, okay. that's, my, All that's right. a fun thing to sit there and just do like watch a cricket game and speculate as to how they're as to I'm, what I'm gonna get yelled at here. We we went to a friend's wedding in Jamaica, and the minute we went in the hotel, we're getting settled. We have a perfect ocean view, mm-hmm. and I see that there's cricket on. And yeah. I'm like, I, I gotta understand this game a little. And my wife was not happy. And so I said, here's the what I'll do. I'm going to put the TV out on the terrace so we can look out at the ocean. But I want to watch cricket because I want to see what's going on. And and we went with it for a little while. And then you realize you could have one inning for like three days. So I had to turn it off. I have no I've tried. And the, it's it's hilarious to get with, get with really creative people who will tell you what how the score is being kept. Like what just happened if you don't know anything about cricket. Like you're sitting there and say, like, okay, you know, I think if they bounce it twice, they get a point or that guy has to move over there. Um, <laughs> if it's hit in the air, it's just, it's also just, it's uh yeah. Yeah. yeah watching right. the world series of poker doesn't count because I don't consider watching somebody fumble their chips as entertaining. No, but bowling was big. And, and I remember as a kid, I was big. big. I can tell you a few um, of the Now as an adult, I realize what bowling actually is. Bowling I, is one of the few sports that you could actually. I think if I had more friends. Honestly, I think if I had more friends at the time I was watching bowling, I wouldn't have been watching bowling. Mike and I was in a bowling league, so we're sitting there saying. Yeah, I, I, watched, <laughs> I was in a bowling league a couple times. I know who Nelson Burton Jr. and Mark Roth and all those, you know, Dick Weber. I know those guys. But, you know, I had a couple strikes and the red pin was in the middle. I, I know what's happening. Um, Kevin doesn't realize it. He said it best when he mentioned his grandmother. That's my problem with bowling is your grandmother could be better than you in bowling. <laughs> Yeah, she could have been. I found quite often that the kids that the kids in um that in our high school that were terrible athletes were the bowlers. Um, they managed to be really they were awful athletes, but then you would show up at a bowling party and they were incredible. Like that was the strangest thing. Like they couldn't make any other sport, but when it came to bowling, they romped. Heck, I think yeah. we're gonna get to our predictions and stuff. Yeah, let's get to some predictions here. <laughs> All right. Yes, moving on. Uh, I don't the, think you should ask Kevin about that other series, or we'll run the end of the show. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, do, do not. We not, this is a no Philadelphia Pittsburgh. Right, show. don't go Philly. You guys Pittsburgh. just don't want to lose. You guys are such wins. No, it's not that. All right, um, that's okay. You're such wins because it's two two. You're not going to. All right. It's so we've been talking, true. Kevin, about the uh, playoff series as if the, as if they were going to be done percentage wise, and if, if so we're starting now because this is the time of year that if you don't do predictions, you, I feel like I'm not living. You know, like I feel like I'm not living if I'm not predicting something right now. So. We're pretending that this series is, a, we're saying, we're assuming these, which no one seems to think they're going to do since I started doing this, that there's going to be a percentage thing, <laughs> but, it, but it was pretty big when I started doing it, that we might go on winning percentage. Um, and if that's the case, and these series are going to start in July with everyone's healthy, what would happen in them? And that's, you know, that's been something that we've been talking about. So we've, we've gone through a bunch of series, I went, but I wanted to go on next to um, what I think would be the most fun series ever to cover and a fun series to watch, which would be the Vegas Knights and the Nashville Predators in the playoffs. Um, and, and what do we think would happen in this series? I mean, this is a, I mean, first of all, just, to, I mean, I, it's just, I would love to get, I would love to work for a newspaper that sends me on the beat between Nashville and Vegas. First off, that would be just, yeah, it could kill you. It could, it could kill, kill you. <laughs> There's no question about that. Yeah. But, um, Nobody would sleep. It'll be the series that where no one sleeps. Yeah. Uh, no one sleeps at all. And they, also, it will be, you know, dueling marketing departments. Oh yeah. Great marketing stuff. Yeah, the pre the pregame and the drinking, um, yeah. yeah, and no and nobody will sleep. Yeah, no, I like that. And on the ice, you know, it it both teams, you know, probably didn't live up to expectations this season. Although Vegas has picked it up, 
They picked so, it up. And the Predators at times did too. And Predators went through a coaching change this year, remember? Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the last time, when this year when they played each other, uh, it was uh, it was Vegas taking two of three. Um, the most recent being a 3 nothing win in Nashville on February 1st. Um, but Nashville won on October 15th in Vegas, five to two. And then the other, the, the, the rubber game was an overtime game. So you're looking at really like, you know, basically a, a draw between the regular season, what happened with these three teams, Vegas wins in overtime, four to three. Um, I, you know, I, the, this all comes down to goaltending, right? What always does with the predators. Don't you think, I mean, don't you think, I think this series is yeah, about who's about, the goalie. I think it's gotta be Pekka Rene. You gotta go with Pekka It's Rene. not going to be Rene. I don't think so. The way they, they were playing Soros at the, before. You think they go back to, you think they go to Soros in the playoffs, Kevin? I think it's possible. I, you know, he's really been better goalie for sure. Um, although I, I think with this series, like normally I agree with you on all playoff series is about, but don't yeah. you remember the, it's really about the Predators special teams. Like, well, yeah, you know, I mean, they've been so horrible under special scoring teams. has been an issue for them. Oh and, yeah. And power, their, their power play has been bad. Their penalty killing has been bad. Um, so I mean, I, I know that they got Ellis back a few weeks before, they did, uh, and and he, you know, I, I mean, either him or Yossi is the quarterback in the power play, so maybe him coming back would help would help them out. But yeah, I mean, Kev, I, I and because we're talking about this series, uh, and, and there were a number of teams that were affected by this, but teams at the deadline that made deals for rentals, and nobody got is going to get screwed more than Vegas by trading a second round pick and Mar- Malcolm Subban for Robin Leonard, who I think played two or three games. And if we don't play the rest of the regular season, they gave up a second round pick for nothing. And then is, is the, is the point of view of the league that that's just, you know, your SOL and, and, and there's nothing that can be done because that's really, that really stinks for, for a team like Vegas. Yeah, it does. But I think it's more, you know, it's going to be viewed as just kind of an act of God. I mean, it's yeah. really yeah. fault. It just happened. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, to be honest with you, I hadn't even thought about that, but you're absolutely right. I mean, it does. Um, but, you know, it's like they want so much to play something that it sure feels like they're going to try to get yeah. you know, something done. So, but um, the same, go ahead, Russ. I was just going to say the same way people said I hate the Flyers based on my pick. Uh, they could say I hate the Predators. I'm going 4 1 Vegas. Flurry is going to have a really good series. Again, Nashville won't be able to score. Right. And, and I think even though Vegas won't be like scoring tremendous goals like buckets, they'll be winning these games. Yeah, I, I, I think that the addition of Alec Martinez solidified their blue line. Um, and, you know, and now, you know, we know that Flurry is probably going to play every game. So that's why it's sort yeah. of let, let her. In the acquisition of Leonard, really, he's not going to play in the playoffs. I, I think Vegas in five, maybe six at the at the uh, at the utmost. But just just one more thing on that on the point I was making before. People said that the, the team that was the biggest loser um, in terms of trades because if the season had ended would was Tampa because they gave up two first round picks for Barkley Goudreau and Blake Coleman. But at least those guys, like Alec Martinez, are under contract next year. They still would get another year out of those guys. The teams that traded for rentals, those players conceivably could be gone after playing two or three games. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what stinks. Yeah. Anyway. It happens. I, I mean, I, and I'm going to give the Predators a little more of a chance in this series than you guys are, just because I think based on experience, and I think and the Predators were playing better hockey Yes. At the end. Um, and they also are playing more um, defensive hockey, more position, which might, which might geared more towards the playoffs. They're playing more playoff type hockey. 
Um, I felt as if Hines, when he went in, put a system in that was a little too complicated to put midway through a season for them. And I think that hurt the Predators for a while. It seemed like when I watched them that they were, it was such a shift from Laviolette to Hines' system that there was about a dozen games there where the Predators couldn't get out of their own way. Um, you know, did you get that at all, Kev? Or? Yeah, I mean, I, I there's probably something to that. I think there was an adjustment period. I mean, you they went from one of the few offensive coaches in the game yeah, um, to a guy who you know uh, preached accountability, defensive accountability. So yeah, and you know a lot of guys had their minutes sliced. Uh, star players, you know Forsberg, Johansson, these guys, you know had uh, uh, minutes uh, shaved uh, because uh, yeah. you know they didn't uh, perform to Heinz's liking. So I think there was an adjustment period there. You're you're right there, um, and uh, I'm, I I I think there's a. Uh, uh, an okay chance for the Predators to win it, but I'm, I'm taking Vegas too. In Vegas, yeah. I'm going to go Vegas in seven, but I, I think it's a series. I do. I do think it's a series. Um, and the next one I want to get to is, is, is one of the more fascinating ones when I was looking into it, and that would be Colorado and Dallas. Yeah. Um, Talk about contrasting styles. Contrasting styles and the fact that Dallas won all four games the two teams played this year against each other. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, which to me is, I, I do find that the regular season matchups, when you have something like that, mm-hmm. it tends to at least carry over to the beginning of a series. If Colorado can't get it going, it becomes a factor. Like it doesn't become a factor if Colorado can win the first game or two. Um, but if, 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 say, if Dallas steals game one, then it becomes what well, we haven't, we've lost five straight to Dallas. You know, it, it becomes that. Well, the, the one, the one, I mean, Colorado could be the team that benefits the most from a delay in the playoffs because, you know, Kadri was hurt. McKinnon was hurt. Yeah. And Escog at one point was hurt. So, was, you know, uh, um, on defense, uh, Makar was hurt for a while and Grubauer was hurt. It was probably going to be Francis starting in goal for them. All those players are going to be healthy when, if, if, and when, you know, if the playoffs start in July. So, you know, I, the the one thing that's going to be tough for them is Dallas plays shut down hockey. They 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 play, which is unbelievable because three years ago they were they were a, abysmal defensively, but they play shut down hockey. The thing is that they, they every game is going to be two to one, Kev. It's going to be like yeah. a chess match. Yeah, I'm I'm going to take Dallas in this. Uh, yeah. I I am. But you know, you got you you know that there's always going to be an upset. There always is in the first. Yeah. So you know, uh, this is my this is my pick. This you know, is Colorado, yeah, Colorado. I love. I love the way they're going to play. The way they play. I love McKinnon. He's just, uh, uh, you know, he, he probably doesn't get enough credit. You know, he's right up there with, uh, um, you know, Connor McDavid in terms of entertainment and value to yeah. being fun to watch. Uh, and uh, I like what Joe Sakic has done to surround them with everything. But um, you know, I just think this is a series that the matchup kind of works for Dallas, and um, you know, there's going to be an upset. That's going to be Colorado gets home ice, right? Home ice for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're winning four, three. I think even though Ben Bishop will finally be healthy for this series, uh, I still don't think it's enough. I think Dallas is good. I think at the end of the day though, they don't have the scoring that Colorado has. And even if you mitigate some of that, they're not going to be able to mitigate all of it because they'll have Rantanen. They'll have everybody. They're loaded and they run, they roll three better lines then Dallas can roll as far as for scoring and and their defense is good and Kale McCarr is healthy so I I don't think Dallas will beat them. The, the really only good thing, really good series. The only thing you have to worry about from the from the point of view of Colorado is 
them getting frustrated in the first couple games. If they get stonewalled by Bishop, if, if Dallas just shuts them down, they get 50 shots and they can't beat Bishop or they can't get good scoring chances. You know, they're a young enough team that they, they could get frustrated. And, and God forbid, if you want to get Nazem Kadri frustrated, he'll get suspended for three games. Now, this could but, be another series where Grubauer gets the first game, and if he doesn't do well, then he loses the job again, by the way. That, that was a big question I had. Who's the goal of Colorado in the series? Because Grubauer hasn't been their best goalie. It's It'll be Grubauer for game one, but again, if he doesn't do well, they, they'll throw sure. Fred Suze in, and, right. and Grubauer will lose out again. I think he'll go Grubauer game one? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, other guy has been the guy. You know, he's been so. The other thing is really fascinating about the series Colorado, for all the firepower in the four games against Dallas this year, scored six goals. Yeah. Six goals in four games. I That's mean, make it a tough series, but I just think at yeah. the end, Dallas, Sagan hasn't shown me enough this season, Ben hasn't shown me enough this season, they, even though they've picked it up defensively since the coaching change, and I think that's been a great thing for them, I still think they get edged out because they don't have enough offense. They spent a ton of money on on Pavelski, and he really hasn't produced yeah. that great. Uh, Radulov is not I – mean, guys like Hintz uh, have had good years. Hintz was their best player for a while because no one could score. But the big, na- the big names really haven't produced for them. I mean, they, they their, their goals for was not great, so – so we talked about all the other series, I believe. Um, I think you've given our prediction. Oh, wait, so you say five minutes for Pittsburgh. Yeah, we have to some time. Uh, my, unless we want to go to my – we have either the alternate reality or well, – Let Kevin be the judge because he's he's on this show. It's up to yeah, him. Let me just fill Kevin in. By the way, Kev, in game one, uh, Ack basically took out uh, Austin Matthews on a stretcher just to just to make it easy for Tampa Bay to. He returned to the bench with five minutes to go in the period in the last period, so no one knows what's going on. They won't tell us. He termed it that he was crumpled in the corner. Yes. He got hit by. He got hit. Yeah, well, I mean, it was a headman destroyed him. But the idea was, you know, he, he but he comes back with five minutes to go in the game. The crowd goes crazy. He doesn't ever see the ice, and no one would talk after the game, of course, as to what's going on. Well, the crowd here he did, did not take the morning skate today. Oh, wow. He did not take the practice yesterday, um, and he did not take today's morning skate. So whether he's back tonight or not, I don't know. Game two, who knows? God help us. All right, so let's talk Flyers-Pittsburgh. <laughs> okay. And then if anyone wants to stick around, I'll, I'll end the show with my reality from the five games last night because, I, I mean, I have them all written down here. What happened? It's pretty crazy. All right, so, Kevin, we got into a good debate about the Flyers-Penguins series, and this is, like, a really good one. Yeah. And a hard one to predict, I think. Um, oh, yeah, no, it, it is, and it's, you know, the rivalry. I mean, you know, I, I still remember the story of when the last time the Penguins won the, the cup that the uh, they took it to Harrisburg in the state legislature, and the representatives from Philadelphia <laughs> – up above on the second floor and booed as it was wheeled into <laughs> the capital. Like that's you know that's an intense rivalry when the politicians are uh, you know involved in it. So uh, you know for sure. And there's obviously we've had some things going on between Crosby and uh, Giroux and yeah. um, you know there's just so much going on. I I, I think it'll be a great series too because you know we've had the uh, Philadelphia Flyers exceed expectations and yet. You know, this Pittsburgh team, I think, has, you know, shown it's still among the contending teams, uh, you know, given yeah. all the injuries they've had. They still got Malkin and Crosby, which gives them an advantage that uh, Philadelphia doesn't have. They don't have two players like that. For sure. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, in in net, um, they both have young goalies who 
um, are, you know, have uh, star potential. Uh, so uh, I think it was Matt Murray, don't you think? Yeah, I guess. Um, he, you know, that, their goaltending has been strange this season. Matt Murray yeah. obviously couldn't stop stop a basketball yeah. this season. Yeah, right. You know, and then they got a you know big help, and and then uh, you know then then Murray is back again. So right. Um, you know, I I I'd go with Pittsburgh just because I just always find it difficult to beat uh, a Crosby, but. Mm -hmm. I, I see Philadelphia as a chance of winning it for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, that breaks the tie. So you're the third to go with Pittsburgh against two. Um, He's on the wise side. No, I think I, they, you guys. But 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 to be fair, Mike and Russ gave Philly no chance in this. No, game. I said no, we I said six. they could win, but I picked Pittsburgh. You guys five and six. I said six. Well, I'm going to give yeah. you the reason. I said five for this reason. The Flyers have a lot of inexperienced players. You're talking about a second year goalie with no playoff experience and I love Carter Hart but you're still talking about a second year goal with no that. experience you're talking about arrested Matt Murray who has been through the grind and you're talking about Pittsburgh having all their players back with a better defense than they've had in the last 2 years right and 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 the key and like I said the key matchup I think and the the key reason why uh, Pittsburgh would be favored in this series is the matchup up the middle with Couturier yep. matched up one on one with Malk, and they, you know, that's 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 a, a saw off, uh, I think, because Couturier has proved over his career that he could handle Malkin. But Kevin Hayes against Crosby is a distinct advantage yes. for, for Pittsburgh. And then third line, if you're playing Derek Grant, who's played well for Philadelphia since they got him from Anaheim. You're talking about him going up against what Jared McCann or Bukestad. I think that's yeah, an advantage that's, for that's Pittsburgh. Tough one too. So, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, I give Philadelphia all the credit in the world for having a year better than I thought that they were going to have. Yeah, great. No, I, not, I just I'm think that they're not, a know. deeper and better team. I think Mike Sullivan's worth a win, too, in a playoff yeah. series. Yeah, uh, no, that's for sure. I mean, yeah. the Penguins have shown they can do that. But last year in the playoffs, you know, the Penguins came up really, last really Last year was a bad year. You will not get off of that. It was a bad year. They're allowed to have a bad year. I know, I know. They still win the Super Bowl every year, did they? No. They got stoned by Robin Leonard. Right. All right, real quick, uh, last night's alternate reality games, here they are. Ready? Okay, so the first the game I covered, since it was the closest to me, was in Washington. So I drove down to Washington to cover the Hurricanes and Capitals in the opening game. And um, the place was hopping. Um, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of, Joe Biden, a lot of Joe Biden signs in the crowd, I must say. But as the game, as the game continued on, um, was it sponsored by Geritol? I should have said a lot of re-elect Hillary signs in the in the crowd because this is the alternate reality. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but that's not the case. Um, although you know, like I, Kevin doesn't know that in this alternate reality, one of the odd things about it is that there are no cell phones, which I thought is really strange. And um, but in this game was this game was you know, and it's funny because yesterday we had um, you know Anthony on here, and he said that he could see the. Capitals winning the series, but the Hurricanes winning game one. And that is what happened. Um, you know, Tara Vinen scores two goals. Ovechkin gets one. And that game, it ends as 2-1. Kind of like a, it was kind of a boring game, I have to say. Like back and forth a little bit. But Carolina really really played like, you know, really that typical like Brindamore road game. that They just dumped the puck and dumped the puck and dumped the puck. And, you know, there's a lot of issues there. Well, that would be um, two years in a row. That well, I mean, if Carolina won the series, it'd be two years in a row they beat the Caps. Right. Well, they took Game One. Uh, it's a long series still. Um, I mean, the only thing I, I was kind of surprised between, like, you know, how well Morozik played in this game. He was really, he was really impressive. 
Uh, 38 saves, I think. Yeah, 30 it really is alternate reality. Even a, bro even a broken clock is right twice a day. So then, um, of course, while I had on my iPad, which amazed everybody since there are no iPads or tablets or anything like that. I had my iPad on the press box, and um, I was watching the Bruins and Islanders game as best as I could. Um, and this game was interesting because uh, the Islanders took a one nothing lead in the first period. Mayfield got a goal. Um, and went back and forth. Scott Mayfield got a goal. Scott okay. Mayfield scored first. Uh, <laughs> Ken Morrow, that's like Ken Morrow scored an overtime goal. It was Go from ahead. Barzell. Um, DeBrusque in the second ties it. So we go into the third third one one. Matt Martin um, on a spinorama. No, 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 no. A little a nice a nice pass from McAvoy. Um, and then the third period, uh, five forty eight in. John Moore scores for the Bruins. <laughs> Jeez. Which is like uh, which is really and, you know and a really nice pass from Coyle. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, and that you, you think the game's over, um, and that, but then with like 33 seconds left, the Islanders have the goalie out, Barzell ties it, um, a nice, a nice, you deflect the shot from Josh Bailey, go to overtime. It didn't take long. One minute into overtime, um, Patrice Bergeron series, one, nothing Boston getting hot in here. <laughs> By the way, Russ has a new book. Um, but there you go. All right. Ready? Um, the blues and the flames. Another overtime game, and this one kept people up all night. I can tell you that much. This was a long game. In the classic Blues Flames styles from the 80s, these guys battled it out. First period um, was, was Barbashev, uh, 1-0. Second period, O'Reilly. So 2 nothing going into the third. Looks like the Flames are out of it. And then Matthew Kachuk scores two goals within 35 seconds, 10-59. Oh, look at that face. What? 10-59, <laughs> 11-20. Oh. oh, yeah, there you go. Which, uh, Matthew Kachuk ties it, um, 10:59 and 11:20 in the third period. We go to overtime. Knocker, sorry. We go through the first overtime. We go through the second overtime, and just as I'm ready to get up to go to the bathroom at the end of the second overtime, with about 35 seconds to go, exactly. David Perron, boom, where it wins it. St. Louis takes it up. St. Louis up one nothing in that series. Uh, Vegas, go Colorado, Colorado. Um, there we go, Colorado and Dallas. Talked about um, this was a this was another another long another overtime game not quite as long so this is the third overtime game of the night which we had Colorado takes a two nothing lead in the first period um, Burakowski yeah, Burakowski and Kadri got the two goals actually um, <laughs> in the second period um, Sagan would get a goal and then uh, so we go in two to one into the third um, and right off the bat um, Donskoy scores so now we're looking at three one. It looks like for sure, you know, this is all Colorado's game. But Pavelski and Jamie Ben at 16-22 and 18-27 tie it at three. We go to overtime. And sure enough, in overtime, not that long this time, but like not sure, like 12-12-20 in, it would be Joe Pavelski again winning it. So uh, right. Dallas takes game one. And finally, sorry, there's five games. Vegas and uh, Vegas and Nashville. Not too different than you guys predicted. This was really kind of a kind of a, a boring game, I had to say, unfortunately, because I wanted more. But the Predators just trying to play defense, not able to get the offense going. Um, Mark Andre Fleury shuts him out three nothing um, in Vegas. Uh, the goals were I had it written down right here. They were um, here we go. Sorry, uh, your goals for Vegas goals are uh, Smith, uh, Stephenson, and um, and and Stone. There you have it. Three nothing. Um, so that all the series are now one game in uh, tonight. You have Tampa, uh, Toronto again, Philly, Pittsburgh, and uh, just two games tonight because they're moving. They moved to. They're going to. They're moving the series a little bit. Tonight, three to five. Two games tonight and tomorrow night. We got four and then four again. So anyway, we'll talk more about that. I'll talk all about all the games on Monday. I'm sure you guys can't wait. <laughs>
<laughs> um, like I said, Matthews did not skate today in the morning skate. So I don't know. I don't have any idea what's going on. Thanks, Zach. Thanks. For got that. it. I do want to mention on, on Tuesday, we're going to have um, uh, Lisa Dillman and Eric Stevens on. We're going to talk a lot of West Coast hockey, Kings and Ducks. That should be good. Good. Good conversation. Yeah, and uh, also we'll have uh, Peter Harling uh, next week uh, who does yeah. prospects for Dauber Prospects. We'll talk some 2020 NHL draft uh, stuff. Fantastic. And I'll have more of this. <laughs> I simulated the all-time all all Blackhawks and all-time all -time Red Wings last night. The Red Wings taking a 3 nothing win against the all-time Blackhawks. Um, Blackhawks actually scored a goal in the first period that was disallowed because of a high stick, but – that would have been a one nothing Blackhawks lead. It was one of those games. It was honestly, it was completely uh, like the goaltender for the uh, Terry Salchuk stole the game. Stole the game for the for the Red Wings. Terry Salchuk's long dead. I know he stole the game for the Red Wings last night. And, and the really best player on the ice, which odd three assists from Tris Chelios on the Red Wings, because Chelios on the Blackhawks took two penalties. <laughs> oh, this is the classic league again. I see. I'm I'm forgetting the realities here. I'm sorry. And then, um, but the best player on the ice, honestly, the player that really impressed me the most, well, the the um, the line that did not work at all, which I thought would work, was Makita Hall and and Marion Hosa. I figured that would work, but it didn't. Um, but the um, the one thing I will say is it was fun to watch Fedorov, Eiserman, and Shanahan playing together. That was a great line. They really took it apart, and uh, it was impressive. So they 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 looked really good out there. And Eiserman scored a goal, and uh, and Fedorov had a goal. So anyway, that was that. If you, we're gonna play more games this weekend. And um, we'll talk to you then. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, my pleasure. Absolutely. Um, have a safe weekend, everybody. Remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you on 